0: The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com.
1: Have you ever been listening to NPR and thought to yourself, gosh, I love the human interest aspect, the dulcet voices of the hosts, the promise of totes, but I just hate how true it all is. That's where we come in. It's This American Lie, an hour of improvised NPR. We're a lot like that other show, but we make it all up in front of a live audience every second Saturday at the Nerdist School stage. Find show and ticket information at NerdistSchool.com or catch the podcast on the Nerdist School Network. Search for us on iTunes.
0: The Navis and Frank present a comic book podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Novice and Frank. I'm Amanda. I am The Novice, and that's Frank, and he is Frank.
0: That's right. Uh, we've got a fantastic podcast for you, but before we get started, we love to do something that we like to say is our improvised intro.
1: That's right. And that's what it. we like to say that. <laughs> so you know? we, do, we do say that sometimes. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll give it a start. Yes. Dr. Sturain.
0: He's a doctor who broke his hands. Benedict Cumberbatch. He went to Guadalajara. He did not go there. Maybe to have a siesta. But then Frank he went to the Middle East. Frank is a liar.
1: <laughs> but together we are the novice. And, and Frank. Frank. <laughs> Where did that the Guadalajara
0: was, come from? I don't know. I, I was trying to say. Oh, I think I was going to say Bangladesh, but no, that wasn't that it. It was also Canada. 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 Do what? Oof. The
1: place that he went and studied. Yes. I don't know. It's a good intro song. And then what as I said it, like Guadalajara. It was like, "Nope, that was not true. Not he did correct. not go to Guadalajara. <laughs> it's a lovely place. It's a good start. Yeah. Well, we, you know, a nice little tie-in. Our uh, our intro song actually served to introduce the, the things we'll be talking about tonight, That's which right. is, of course, a deep dive into Doctor Strange.
0: Uh, yes, as always, we're recording from Meltdown Comics right next door in the Nerdist podcast booth. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Nerdist School, for having us here. And guys, uh, if uh, depending on when this is uh, released, we're officially... A Nerdist School Network podcast now, so thank you so much for having us. You might have heard uh, one of the other uh, podcasts; the ads play before ours. Please check them out; they're fabulous. If you're interested in classes, shows, anything like that, come check out the Nerdist School on glamorous Sunset Boulevard here in Hollywood, California. Yes,
0: and uh, there's many things in addition to listening to all the great content. You can come to Meltdown Comics, so you can never know who you may see. While who did you're we here. see
1: tonight? We I hugged. Grant Morrison. That's
0: right. I took a photo of that hug. You
1: did. Thank you for being there to do that. You
0: got it. Thanks for not offering to to take a picture of you,
1: me. I'm sorry. No, that's cool. I was really excited about his accent.
0: Yeah, that's great. I just don't doubt. No, that's that's cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, Amanda picked up uh, the last uh, hardcover edition of his new series, Claws. Mm-hmm.
1: It's beautiful. It's kind of, and he pointed out, it's like uh, kind of like the Bible.
0: Very true. Yeah,
1: because it's got gold pages. It's not sacrilegious. It's just. It's very fancy, it's hardcover beautiful book. And then uh, you picked up heavy metal.
0: Yes. and Amanda got hers personalized. In fact, Grant Morrison even asked if it's like, oh should I make this out to you?
1: Yes and, and he and I said, well, that would be lovely. My name is Amanda. And because uh, when I met Jim Lee, he I was telling him about our podcast and he very funnily wrote um, Amanda, my um, the best podcast host better than Frank. Uh, and so I had Grant Morrison write to Amanda, and then he wrote, who is better than Frank? Better, underlined two exclamation
0: points. Yes. Uh, Sorry, Frank. (laughs) I picked up an issue of Heavy Metal, uh, the new series that he oversees, the uh, the magazine that he now oversees. He only signed it, did not ask me who it was for, did not, uh, no picture was, you know, Maybe offered. You're your sourpuss. I, I thanked him profusely for All-Star Superman, uh, Animal Man, and Batman R.I.P.
1: He thanked you for reading. He said That's thank you great. so much for reading.
0: But, you know, at no time did he say, hey, can I personalize this <laughs> magazine cover that <laughs> I'm going to autograph to you? Which just asked him. I should have, but I also felt like, wow, wouldn't you ask, like, hey, should I make this out to you? Well, and I'll said, say no, this. He just wrote it.
1: Now he will never come on the podcast because you're just shit talking. Like I'm crazy. not, no, I, I'm not. I loved I, him, I thought he was fabulous.
0: I there is no, he is a fantastic individual and very creative and incredibly talented. And yet, you know, just I would have minded if he's like, Hey, can I make this out to you? And I would have loved to have been saying, Yes, Grant Morrison, you can make this out to me. You should have just asked him, uh, yeah, but you know, I thought the question, but yeah, I mean, I guess like. Yeah, I suppose. But when he asked you, I figured like the etiquette was he would ask somebody. If they gave him something to sign, he would ask, ask, "Should should I make this out to you?
1: Oh, mine's fancier than yours. (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow that so okay uh, like I mean I guess you know they're used to like people just getting things autographed and then flipping it yeah. but it's like but I'm right there yeah, you know why know. not just ask you could,
1: well you know what well, we'll make this one short and then we'll we'll go back out there and you can yell at him and be like listen Grant Morrison I don't appreciate your etiquette here this evening
0: well it's too late because I can't go back to him and say like hey now add this extra little goofy bit on top of your autograph like it's too late the moment's gone it seems weird you for me to go back you just
1: draw an arrow and be like
0: no. P.S.
1: to frank
0: <laughs> Yeah Ugh That's terrible no. It's uh, Because you know Side story I, I uh, About Comic Con mm-hmm. uh, I, I once re- met Robert Smigel He was oh, there Oh that's cool And I was like You know what What would be awesome Is if Robert Smigel's here And I get a chance To just meet him Why don't I have him Do my outgoing voicemail message On my yeah, phone Yeah that's
1: cool What like Did you pay him Offer to pay him Or anything Well soon? no Because
0: I was just like Hey can you just Do my voicemail real quick Like that was it And okay. he did it And then it didn't work And I was like Can I go back And ask him to do it again No that's rude
1: that's hard so i I didn't do it when we were at kamikaze i mean like two week two weekends ago uh my poor brother hunter all he the only person he really wanted to meet was kel mitchell from you know all that and good burger and and keenan and kel we grew up watching that and kel i think kel was only there until like you know one o'clock or something and hunter he dropped us off because the traffic was so bad that we got out of the car you know like Three fourths of a mile away, and walked to the con while he he's like, no, go, I'll park. You guys go. It took him almost three hours. Like he was there, and I was afraid he was gonna miss Kel, so we went and we like got it. I was like, hey, would you mind recording this video for my brother? So he started recording the video, and my other brother Austin's like, oh no, oh uh, he had to like interrupt him and be like, oh, I had it on Snapchat. I'm sorry. Could you? <laughs> So we had to start over, and he was so nice about it. He really was really great about it. But I felt bad that he like agreed to do this video, and he started doing it, and then he had to like stop and go back.
0: And did you really Sorry. get there in time to see him in person, or no?
1: No. So I'm glad we recorded the video for yeah. him because it was it's him.
0: Like, so regardless to him. of the the slight kind of uh, little hiccup during mm-hmm. that, it all was for the best.
1: It all worked out, yeah. But maybe you know, I think if you took this back and were like, "Listen, I was really nervous to meet you, Grant Warson. Would you mind like personalizing this for me?"
0: I think he'd be like, "Yeah." I gotta. I I I have to set it up like that. I gotta set up. You know. Do you want
1: me to take it and be like, "Would you personalize this for my friend Frank that I had you write shit about on the inside (laughs) cover
0: of my book, and continue to write more shit about him on this magazine that you've signed for?" Yeah. Would you
1: say to Frank, "Would you sign this to Frank?" Not as good as Amanda. And you get it back, and you just like weep sad tears.
0: That would actually no, because that's what I said. Like I should have got that signed. That's what I should have had him sign. And you know, he didn't even didn't even offer that to me. He just took that magazine. Before I even knew it, he had already just signed it and just threw it back at me. <laughs> he
1: did not throw it. Threw okay, it. All right. Well, you got to not have such a sourpuss. I think that's the problem. You, you know, Trevor uh, uh, is in
0: there. Uh, Trevor, uh, also the host of a, a show here at the Nerd School yes. of the Nerd School Podcast. Yeah. But also our engineer. A uh, podcast
1: of two worlds. Yes. Correct? Yeah.
0: Uh, all deals about Flash and as many iterations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor, you purchased something, from Mr., uh, purchased something to have Mr. Grant Morrison sign, correct? Yep. Did you have it personalized? Nope. Do you Same regret thing. that decision? Yep. See, did Because did he? Did he even ask? He just took it and signed it and gave it back. Took it and signed it and gave it back. Yep. See, what is that did, all about? I slammed my don't fist. Don't
1: break the... We're brand. We're near to School Network. We can't just go breaking their furniture. Did okay though. No, but did I also you guys make eye contact before you handed it to him? Did no, you greet it was him?
0: Like I handed it to the first guy. He signed it and passed it along, and Grant Morrison signed it. And then I like tried to talk, but he was just like clearly not interested. Uh, He's clearly like talking with. Other people, uh, yeah, you guys, yeah. you gotta
1: make eye contact, and you gotta be friendly.
0: I, it's a I rough get, world, I right made now. eye contact with him and I only had him sign it, none of the other two guys flanking him. Aww. And we're and respectful, uh, great artists and talents that they are, but I was there just to see Mr. Grant Morrison and I'm sorry. made that eye contact. At no time did he say, like, You know what? Nope, he just, he just signed it and tossed it back. And this, uh, this means nothing to me right now, you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or worse. He's never going to come on the podcast now. He's never going to do it. Unless it's to yell at you.
0: He should. I, I welcome Grant Morrison to come on here and admonish me. <laughs> I, I would accept his scorn <sighs> uh because, you know, probably I've done many things in my life that deserve scorn from everybody, Grant Morrison included. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, but I, I would ask at least, uh, feel free to yell at me, correct me, admonish me, but just at the end, uh, just asked if you'd like if you could personalize something that i want you to sign <laughs> uh
1: i will apologize i owe you an apology for not offering to take a photo i never want i never feel like mm-hmm. i like getting photos with people i think it's fun um if it's the right time and place but i never want to assume that like you would want a photo because oh. i asked I think I asked you to take a photo of me.
0: I, well, you said, oh, okay, I should get a photo. And then I was like, oh, I'll take it of you. And then you said, oh, well, uh, my camera. not so great. And I was like, you know what? I'll take it on my camera and text it to you. <laughs> and then at no time did anybody say, like, hey, you know, maybe, Frank, would you like a photo of Grant Morrison? That never came up.
1: Is that why you haven't texted to me yet? Mm, yeah. Because, because, because I mean, you're holding it? Because right, you're I'm, resentful? That's right. You're so angry? <laughs> I'm so, legitimately, my, pho- my phone, I've got an old phone and the camera isn't very good.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a... But uh, so I'm, already, I'm so, uh, sorry. Okay. So yeah.
1: the, let's start the podcast on a fresh note. There you go. I'll I, just say I, so you far. Can, you can expect your apology someday from Grant Morrison. In the meantime, you have mine.
0: Oh, great. So far, Grant's broken my heart. Amanda's broken my heart. Trevor, though, has not. We are brothers in this anguish that we feel. So
1: I'm sorry, Frank and Trevor.
0: <laughs> I apologize to both of you for not
1: offering to take your photos and for not fighting harder for you to get your, your books
0: personalized. Well. Yeah. All right. Fine. Okay. All right. Uh, so, hey, guess what? guys? Hey. Doctor Strange came Doctor out last Strange week. Came out.
1: It did. We went and saw it.
0: You know who? We, yeah, we saw it together, folks. If you wonder, like, hey, do Amanda and Frank ever hang out when they're not doing this podcast? The answer is yes. Sometimes we do. That's right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we're real friends. There you go. Uh, yeah, we went and saw it, and uh, I, we, and we honestly didn't talk much about it afterwards because we gotta because we got we gotta do frank
0: we gotta save it for the cast
1: save it for the cast that's right <laughs> so um so yeah we went and saw it and uh and we have read um read some on doctor strange as well so we're gonna kind of compare and contrast yes. the uh the literature with the film
0: yes and so we've i think we've only seen uh three other movies together before or two other movies okay let me the, see if i can name it okay uh, Actually, I yeah, see three. If you consider One was okay. a double feature.
1: Yes. One was, we saw Jurassic World. Correct. And Magic Mike XXL. Yes. What were the other? What What else did we see? Is that
0: it? Are those the only uh,
1: Oh, we saw. Um. Oh wait, you didn't go and see. Did you go after Jurassic World? Walk across the hall and see. Um. Uh, so much better than Jurassic World Spy Spy. I was with you for the
0: first half and then I had to leave Okay. because I had uh, improv show
1: there's two and a half shows movies we've seen together and then now Doctor Strange so three and a half films is that what we've seen
0: wait we saw something else in addition to Magic Mike because we saw that was a double feature we saw Magic Mike and something else and something
1: that was like not at all didn't at all go with Magic Mike yes
0: but yeah so look at that and now mm. we've seen Doctor Strange. I
1: know. Well
0: Look at that, because because oh yeah, we had loaded up on the popcorn. hmm Uh, which I do. Uh, lots of butter, lots I of salt. I eat a
1: lot of. I like a whole thing of mozzarella sticks and a hot dog, and I. Really don't regret anything. No, those, I, I don't. don't. I have
0: to admit I've never really considered mozzarella sticks from a movie theater before, but those were tasty.
1: They were good, and you know, I was just really hungry, and I thought I, I thought legitimately, I don't know why I'm an, I'm an idiot. I thought that there was going to be like a place nearby that I could like run because it wasn't like in a, in a shopping center. I was like, I'll just go like run. And get something real quick But by the time I got there I was really hungry So it was Absolutely. good no, Delicious
0: uh, We are at the Burbank 16 Just painting yeah. a picture For <laughs> just, all those just, listeners Yeah like, exactly Amanda Frank see like, a movie They're like why
1: are they Talking about comic books We've heard about like Their movie going experience For like 8 <laughs> minutes now
0: So Doctor Strange
1: Doctor Strange
0: Now uh, ranking your enthusiasm For Doctor Strange Going into this movie How excited On a scale of 1 to 10 How excited were you To see this movie Um
1: I was like Hmm f- that's a hard question I, You know I tried to just I didn't really know A whole lot about it I like Benedict Cumberbatch, mm-hmm. um, and I thought the trailers looked fine. Uh, so, like maybe like a four, like right. four or five.
0: Like, and, and did this movie meet or exceed, or uh, was it lesser than your expectations? Exceeded.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I thought the visual effects were amazing. Um, what did What did you think? How were, were you excited? And what did you think? The
0: movie. I felt like the movie was, it was good. Were you watch excited it. going in? I was, I w- uh, yes. On understandable. a scale of so, one to Yeah, because, I mean, Doctor Strange is a little bit more outside the box in mm-hmm. terms of the Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. I know we talked a little last week, you know, like Ant-Man, another unusual choice. I feel like Doctor Strange opens up a whole new world of uh, a side of the Marvel Universe, which is, I know, that kind of reason they kind of held back on that, because it's opening up the magic side. Yeah. But I was also disappointed, because I feel like with Thor... That same thing kind of happened, where they introduce uh, gods and mythology and all this, Mm -hmm. but they also have to couch it in a little bit of uh, grounded, and there's like a scientific bent to their otherworldliness. Right. And I felt the same thing with Doctor Strange, where Mm -hmm. it's like we get these more grounded explanations of stuff, and then the Eye of Agamotto, which is a great, I mean, one of Doctor Strange's biggest accessories, turns out to be an infinity gem. Spoilers, folks, we're going to be talking all in depth about this film, so... Mm -hmm. I know I already said that before. I said a spoiler alert. So, sorry, <laughs> we'll, folks. We'll,
1: we'll put, put it up with a spoiler alert. Yes, lots of spoiler that.
0: alerts. We'll be getting in deep on this. So we find out that Eye of Agamotto, uh, which is one of Doctor Strange's key pieces of his whole entire costume and him being the Sorcerer Supreme, uh-huh. is a time gem from the one of the Infinity Stones, uh-huh, from the which Infinity is, Gauntlet. Yes, which is eventually going to get assembled, and that bummed me out tremendously. Really?
1: Okay. I guess I thought that you. So so in the in the in the. Story. That's not the case.
0: No. It, okay, this so is a, this this a, a mystical artifact. Made.
1: Okay. So did you not like – I guess there's that part of me that thought that you would have been like, oh, cool. That's a tie-in. But are you not jazzed because, A, it's supposed to be a mystical object. Therefore, it shouldn't be involved, like, really with the other, like, like metahuman type stuff. Or oh, I guess metahumans aren't Marvel. Yeah. Are I mean, I guess because – So, if you... like, superheroes. Or did you feel like they took something that for you is, like, a piece of iconography – that is meaningful to Doctor Strange, and then like used it to basically set up a s- fancy sequel.
0: I would think so, because- Because that would irritate me. It's also, I mean, if you didn't like the vision, the mm-hmm. reason that he has the gem on his forehead, very different than it is in the comics. Mm-hmm. And they set that up to be one of the Infinity Stones as well. So, I mean, it's a slightly altered use for that. But for some reason, that just didn't ma- m- uh, matter to me as much. For some reason, because I I, I think at the end of the uh, Infinity War or whatnot, I mean, the whole idea is that they assemble the Infinity Gauntlet and Mm -hmm. he's going to need all the Infinity Stones, which means that you're going to have to essentially destroy the Eye of Agamotto. So, like, once those stones are removed out of there, like, no longer do you have the Eye of Agamotto. That's like an, an essential piece of Doctor Strange's arsenal that's. No longer in play.
1: Okay, so you're basically just, you're dreading that time. Like, well, that it's, like, it gonna he's going to, like, essentially lose that stone. Then.
0: Yeah, and because it it basically just, all it does is it manipulates time. And so I felt like, what if you're going to introduce magic into the Marvel Universe, which I was excited about, let's go, let's really see this other, uni- other side of the reality. And instead, by kind of couching it in sort of, like, more grounded, and also tying it in, in a grounded kind of, like, we could try to give a scientific explanation for this, but also tied into the bigger Marvel Universe picture, mm-hmm. they then make it a time gem. And so basically, instead of being like, saying a lot of incantations, doing a lot of gesturing, making a lot of cool magic happen, he's basically manipulating time throughout the majority of the film. And I felt that was, irritating. I was like, Doctor Strange is not a time manipulator, he's a sorcerer. So why is he just manipulating time all in most of the, of the movie? Because
1: in his other life, he's actually a time lord. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that. I mean, I understand. I understand what you're saying. I, did, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I liked the. I thought that. One problem. We've probably said this on here a million times. So if I have, I apologize. But like, I one problem that I have with fantasy is I don't like it when they just magic away things. It's like you read something that feels impossible, and you're like, "Well, how is this possible?" And they're like, "Because magic." You're like, "No, I want there to be rules. I want there to be structure." Which for me is why, like, I'm <clears throat> so in love with the Harry Potter series. Still, I keep going back to that as like my standard because the way in which the world is built, it's structured with rules, and you're like, "Oh, this could actually be viable. This could be a real thing," you know. And I was a little worried about that with Doctor Strange because I think that sometimes. Um, you know, he's like, I don't know, call on this spell of this thing. And it feels so easy in the books that it's almost like a cheat. You're like, well, there's just a spell for that. Then like, why why are there any problems then? Just like magic everything, (laughs) you know? But I liked that. I felt like the film did a good job in kind of exploring the, the, his learning and the way he had to, you know what I mean? That he had, he, he had to overcome it. And I mean, you can't make the whole movie that because you have to have some action and stuff in there too. But I thought they dedicated an appropriate amount of time in the film and then were still able to kind of squeeze in some action.
0: Now, one of the new inventions they made for this film was the use of the sling ring, which is, allows them to kind of make these yeah, portals. Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. That. So that's not in the, yeah That is not. That's never, made entirely never I, was, I thought the
1: I'd never seen that before.
0: Did you like the use of the sling ring or would... If they had not had the sling ring and they were still able to make those portals, but it's just through a total mental focus and still doing the gestures, but mm-hmm. it didn't require the use of wearing that ring... Would you have been fine with that? Yeah,
1: I would have been fine with it without the ring. I mean, the ring is like a cool accessory that, you know, maybe I would, like, buy and wear. But, you know, from <laughs> a marketing standpoint. But I think that I kind of – I didn't love that um, you had to have that to, like, create these portals. I kind of was like, oh, well, you're a fucking wizard. Like, you're a sorcerer. Yeah. You know, so for my – in my mind, it's like if you are focused enough and disciplined enough and trained enough then you should be able to do that with you know again back to harry potter right the really strong wizards don't necessarily need a wand like it makes them stronger but they can you know you can have like incantations and things like that that you don't necessarily need that tool for
0: yeah i didn't feel like it was a necessary accessory because i mean certainly not because not having that doesn't make you think like oh everybody just can be a sorcerer no it takes a tremendous amount of focus and Mm -hmm. discipline to make these things happen. You can show how hard it is to do that uh, without, I feel like, oh, hey, we just put on this ring and that helps.
1: You think, like, cinematically, though, it would have, because, I mean, because I know that there was a point where it's like, well, you can't get Like, that was a, it did feel like it was a device that was created so that you have something physical to show on camera, kind of like a show, not tell thing, right? It's like if you see that his ring is gone and they call out, like, you can't get out of here because you got your, what's it called? Sling, sling ring. Sling ring. Because your sling ring is gone, then it creates an extra obstacle. Like, I don't know that it would have been as clear. I think we all might've been wondering like, why doesn't he just like do his hand thing and like magic himself out of there, you know? So I understand like, you can't get out because, of your, sl- because your sling ring is gone. That, you know, you like this guy's got a sling ring, you know? So I, I, it wouldn't have bothered me so much to not have them there, but I understand why they were written in as a visual tool.
0: Yeah, it's uh, – Because
1: otherwise I think it's kind of like the, – it's the monster in the house thing, right? It's like you have to be able to – there's got to be something that's keeping you in there in that scene. Like why would he not just like magic his ass out of there,
0: <laughs> you know? So uh, how much did you know about Doctor Strange's origin before going into this movie?
1: Well, we read – I mean I read the books before before okay. the movie. So we read uh, Brian K. Vaughn's um, Oath, mm-hmm.
0: Doctor,
1: Strange, Doctor Strange Oath, yes. The Oath. And then um, the other one that was like a two, it was like a, he and Dr. Doom.
0: Triumph and Torment.
1: Yes, Triumph and Torment. So between those two, I felt like I had a pretty good understanding. And then um, way back when we did like House of M, that was kind of my first intro to Doctor Strange. Was he not Dr. M and Civil War, both?
0: He was. Yeah. So Uh,
1: I got a little glimpse of him then and I was like, who the hell is this weirdo? I did. I was like, this dude's weird. He's like the weirdest person here. And he just shows up and is like, woo, and he vanishes again.
0: It's
1: <laughs> like, who's this guy? He's like um, Liberace in his cape. Um, that cape's the best. Come it's on. cool. It's very cool. Um, but after reading, you know, The Oath, and I, I think he's really awesome. I really like Doctor Strange a lot, like more than I have, I think, most of the other Marvel characters that I've read about.
0: Some of the criticism or just opinions about the film was <laughs> that like, wow, hey, Stephen Strange is so similar to Tony Stark. And certainly the broad strokes of it, I guess it's, you know, like a very arrogant individual that is is humbled and then has to try to rebuild their life in some fashion. So mm-hmm. do, you, do you feel like their origins are, in a sense, too similar?
1: No, I don't. I think that, um, I mean, I, I definitely see where that comparison could be drawn, but it still felt like a different story to me, you know? Um maybe because it's the f- metaphysical and the spiritual versus the mechanical you know um yeah i th- i thought they were still different was that was those critics those critics you <laughs> no <are> you- <laughs> no i
0: mean cuz it's like you know those are the origins from the comics and they're mm-hmm. invented around the same time you know it's kind of a similar kind of trope uh mm-hmm. so i you know that didn't bother me at all because it's still two different executions of a similar base idea mm-hmm. so they may have a common common themes, but they went in totally different directions. Right. Uh, yeah. Do uh, now the other big thing. There is also the ancient one. Yes. Uh, in the comics, uh, more of a like a Tibetan monk sort of character, mm-hmm. an elderly uh, Tibetan man, mm-hmm. I believe. So now, but here in the film, Tilda Swinton. She a- was
1: awesome. Thing. She was really cool. And I mean, they didn't go a whole lot into her backstory, but I thought, I mean, Tilda Swinton's awesome anyway. I don't know, like what you know, alien race she is, but she's. I think she's great, but yeah, I thought that it was an, it was an, a different approach, but I respected and appreciated it. You know, I thought it was cool.
0: How do you feel? Because certainly, I cannot mm-hmm. speak to it as ne- neither woman nor uh, somebody of you know uh, Eastern descent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that there's like, hey, you know, if, why are you ca- casting Tilda Swinton in this? Why couldn't it have been somebody you know, more like an Eastern actor right. doing something like this?
1: Right. I mean, I think that it's a it's a trade off, right? I think that for me, it's they went a different direction completely with the character, so I, I, I have more respect for that than if they had just cast, like, a white dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of somebody of that descent, they went a completely different direction. They chose this, um, you know, they gave her, they said she was, you know, Celtic very specifically. And, uh, you know, woman who was still bald, and, and she was an interesting, you know, I'm, I am I feel like when, when you get an interesting, strong, powerful smart female character. I kind of feel like I should just stop complaining there, you know? <laughs> like mm-hmm. because there aren't a whole lot of them, especially in these movies. They're really dude heavy and even lesser to find she's not a sex object. She's not sexy. Like I love Scarlett Joe, you know? Mm-hmm. I think she's great, but like does anybody know anything about her other than like mo- for for the most part, right? Does anybody now know anything about Black Widow other than she's like wears a really really tight costume and she's like kind of a ninja like that's kind of you know and she's like really hot that's sort of her thing right um so it i feel like i can't i'm not really in a position to be too critical when they they took a very different direction with the character if the character had originally been um an african-american woman and then they cast a white woman i'm like well maybe you know like just cast truer to to form unless they took it a completely different direction with like a different origin story and stuff
0: i mean what if they'd done an eastern female actor instead of tilda swinton
1: then i think that you know i think that would have been great they just would have taken her a a direction very in that case keep her very close to the comics you know give her the same backstory same everything so for me it's like make a big choice or like make a big choice and and stick to it or stick to the source material which is also good you know I don't like that kind of like middle grounding. I think it's sort of weird.
0: Yeah, And I also don't know if, I mean, I'd be curious to see, because a lot of the, comic, the criticism was coming up before the film was out. Mm-hmm. They're just basing it solely on the casting mm-hmm. and what the origins of the character were in the comics. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to see what people think of it now after seeing the film. Do mm-hmm. they still find that that criticism uh, holds up? Like, oh, I rather would have seen an Eastern actor doing this. This was a chance for growth and opportunity.
1: Sure. Uh, and the, I understand that too. I think that's valid. I think 100% valid. I just, I liked her performance. I thought she was really good and... Um, and Get I a scene she in a fight
0: scene. I'm sorry? Get a scene in a fight scene. Yeah,
1: which is really cool, you know? No. But um, I thought they went far enough away from the original and were consistent in their choice that it didn't um, bother me so much. But I, I could understand how, you know, especially actors who are of, of, um, you know, of that descent would be like, come on, man, again? <laughs> Again, because because you know Hollywood has a tendency to do that, so I get both sides of it. But I liked her performance a lot.
0: So I and I, I thought it was an interesting take on that character, in just the way that uh, it was just interesting like when Stephen Strange first gets there, and she's the one serving tea to everybody. She mm-hmm. was and, and like asking people if they wanted something. She was it, also serving others, and and that feeling that everybody had to serve her. I thought that was kind of a, a yeah, cool thing on that character. I
1: thought so too. And she's slight, you know. I mm-hmm. thought that was another big difference, right? She's a slight, um, you know, petite soft-spoken woman you know who's super ends up being like super fierce but uh i thought that yeah it was an interesting take on that character i thought it was a cool artistic choice and the movie itself artistically like i just want them to win all the awards the art direction of this movie was amazing the costuming was gorgeous the sets were beautiful the digital effects were crazy like the digital effects were all the stuff that i loved from inception without all the stuff that i hated from inception you know like i thought it was um i thought especially for being in this big commercialized superhero movie Mm -hmm. i didn't feel like it felt it felt to me like a lot of attention to detail had been paid to um uh just like the little the little details you know it it didn't feel like for as for as obviously like CGI'd as it was it looked it looked great it looked really beautiful
0: so we find out through Tilda Swinton's character the ancient one Mm -hmm. during the course of the film I mean she's got some secrets of her own Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, Dr. Stephen Strange kind of uncovers and shares with Bear Mordo uh, in the film as well so how did you feel about like finding out a little bit more about the backstory of the ancient one? I also felt like there was a lot of still left up in the air about yeah. her character that I wish we would have got some more answers on.
1: That's one. That was actually one of my major beefs with the film is that they hadn't introduced the idea of like relying on this other being, this like essentially dark magic, and like they hadn't introduced that as being like a mortal sin. Like you can never do that. And I guess that they didn't really. I didn't think they really pushed that idea too much. So when she's like, yeah, I've been leaning on that to keep myself alive, basically, for to be like, <gasps> I didn't, I didn't feel that moment, that like deep gasp moment, because I was like, okay, like, so <laughs> why is that such a big deal? Yeah, and, I mean, and they made such a big deal about it, but only at the very end, like only, you know, spoiler alert, like only, you know, like when she passed was even like a big deal deal and so I guess I I wish they'd set that up a little bit better because I just I you know for the for the other apprentice to get so angry about it and so offended yeah I was like well what's she been doing with it like how's she been harnessing it like is it yeah I, I feel like I had more questions as to like why that was such a big problem
0: well because I I would think like the difference between mads Mickelson character who mm-hmm. is who is cool who I at least for the beginning part of the movie is what you consider the bad guy Mm-hmm. And you figure out that he was at a protege, an apprentice of the ancient one, and wanted to learn more about the dark dimension. She forbids it; nobody should learn about it. And finds out that you know she, of course, is a hypocrite because she has been using the dark dimension. Yeah. And so he wants to also use it as well to extend his life. And he figures life's going to be better if Dormammu, the head of the dark dimension, is like kind of running everything. Yeah. Uh, but I. Uh, so one thing I couldn't quite figure out is what he. Uh, like, what he envisions life's going to be like if Dormammu took it over. That's, uh,
1: yeah, exactly. I was like, I don't understand. Like, what's your ultimate goal here, man? Like, what do you... So, yeah, so to help Dormammu take it over, but then what? Like, you're it's clearly just hell. Like, it's just... Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't know. seem like a great place. Right. I like I that the Benedict Cumberbatch is like, I mean, look at your face.
0: You yes. called it out, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean...
1: You know, yeah, it sounds tempting, but like look at your face, man.
0: Yeah, it does sound like a good deal. Mm. But then I also thought too, it's like, well, why is Barem is Mordo getting so mad at the Ancient One? it feels such a sense of betrayal that uh, that she's been telling others not to do what she's been doing. Yeah. And I think like, well, she's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, and she has not tried to uh, have the, the earth go into the dark dimension. Yeah, uh, I so, guess yeah. so I feel like Yes, you could be like, disappointed that you find out that you know she's you know been doing something she says she instructs others not to. But by the same token, she's had her reasons, and she's not trying to destroy the Earth and make it part of the dark dimension. She's been right. doing this for hundreds of years, and clearly you can use this for other reasons other than evil.
1: Yeah, and I guess that was kind of my thing, too. It's like it feels like something you'd be like, what? what? You've been doing this the whole time? And she'd be like, yeah, but here's why. And you'd be like, oh, all right, that makes sense. Like I be like it'd be yeah. like a really quick um, – you know, explanation and argument, I don't, I don't really think it's like, oh, well, I'm going to now leave my training and re-hobble this. There are too many wizards. Ugh. Too many sorcerers. Like, that was weird. I don't know, like, what...
0: I don't buy that. I mean, it's only because it's like, I can understand somebody of uh, ancient ones' uh, stature or physical or, uh, you know, just the, the level of enlightenment that they have that mm-hmm. they could dabble with use the energies of the Dark Dimension for good purposes. Right. Know how to know the difference. For somebody that's not as experienced or as right. well-trained.
1: Like Mads Mikkelsen. Yes.
0: Would only see like, hey, this is a, a quicker path to power and not realize all the negative effects that come with right. tapping into that. Yeah. So, all right, let's let's we'll talk about Barry Mordo. Or, well, I guess in the comics, Baron Mordo. Here, just uh, Mordo. Okay. What did you think of him?
1: He was the big scary guy?
0: No, he was the uh, the guy that brings, uh, uh, brings Doctor Strange into the ancient one. And then actually does the, he's the one oh, that gets so mad. Oh,
1: okay. Guy, I'm like the green guy in green. What's the yes. scary monster? The smoke, like big ass smoke That's monster. That's Dormammu. Thing. Dormammu, okay. Yeah, um, Yeah, I mean, I thought he was, I thought he was cool. I didn't feel like I didn't really see a whole lot of him. That Like he was always there, but I didn't necessarily know like what his ultimate goal was. I guess I just, I guess he's just really like, very loyal and his moral compass is very like black and white. Yeah, at least um, in, which is maybe all you need to know about him, you know? So. I guess. In
0: the comics, he's also there uh, uh, when Doctor Strange is learning from the Ancient One. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the Ancient One sees more potential, at least uh, more good, in Stephen Strange than uh, Mordo and selects him to be the Sorcerer Supreme oh. over Mordo. And Mordo takes that slate personally. And that's what kind of that's I mean, that, that antagonistic relationship. That makes
1: the two. more sense to me. As far as setting him up, like him coming back, him like. Leaving at the end and then coming like coming back in the teaser as like a setting himself up to be like a villain. Didn't I? Didn't really make sense to me. It kind of felt like out of the blue. Yeah. And if I had had that background of him being like even these like subtle signs of him being because he only ever seemed anything but but happy and supportive of Strange. He didn't. ever Yes,
0: see. It's definitely a big change from the comic because that right. that initial thing happens within the first issue of Strange's origin and mm-hmm. then the rest of the time. I'm just a bad guy. I'm like you know, I'm out to get you, and, and because you were chosen over me.
1: Right, and I think I think it's I think either story I would have been fine with. I think I would have been fine with him just like becoming a sort like a sorcerer sidekick or being like, all right, well if you have to go do this, then I'm gonna you know I'm gonna stay here and protect this, and like we'll be in touch, and we would like see that character kind of pop up and be support basically. Um, but that would make more sense to me <laughs> for him to like pop up and stay supportive and be you know like a second in command or whatever. Um, kind of a sidekick dude the way the movie was going. Yes. You know, if they'd planted these seeds of him being like more closer to the comic books where he's more of a rival and gets a little more jealous and then he pops up later, you know, to be like, screw you, dude. I'm I'm better. Then, I, then I, it makes more sense to me.
0: Because I... I know when we were watching the film, mm-hmm. I was like, I told you what the stinger, that the very end, last scene in the, mm-hmm. at the end of the end credits was. I knew that going into it, and I wasn't as thrilled about it even seeing it as I was <sighs> hearing about it. Yeah. And the reason I was that, uh, for me, did you see Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds?
1: Uh, You know, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. I've not seen the whole thing.
0: So they set up, uh, the person that trains uh, Hal Jordan to be mm-hmm. a Green Lantern, one of the people, is, is Sinestro. Oh, uh,
1: okay.
0: And uh, he he's the, like the fallen Green Lantern. And yeah. so in the comic books, he eventually... Uh, he has such a sense uh, his sense of justice differs from the guardians of the universe so at some point he becomes very militaristic very uh, regiment like uh, ruling through fear uh, and doing things that he shouldn't do kind of outside the parameters Mm -hmm. and so Hal Jordan eventually uh, captures him brings him before the guardians they strip him of his status as a Green Lantern and he embraces the yellow ring and and all the the fear side of the spectrum okay Uh, I felt like in this in the first Green Lantern film they just they had his turn happen so – they did it as a teaser in the uh, in the end credits. Yeah. Where he's basically just been helping along in the whole film, and then at the end credits they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take this yellow, yellow ring and become a bad guy. You're like, what? What happened? That was <laughs> yeah, so fast. Yeah, sort of weird. And I felt much the same when I watched this movie too. I was like, "That's you're just going to have him do this heel turn at the very, very end of yeah, the movie? Yeah,
1: that bugged. It felt to me almost like they had maybe recorded other stuff with the film and then cut it due to time. And then, you know what I mean, which they shouldn't have done, regardless. I mean, I feel like they could have cut some, like, that really long, like, I'm in space, things are cra-. Like, that very first when she's, like, shooting him through the dimensions. Yes. Like, I could have, you know, cut 45 seconds there and then add, like, a couple, you know, little bits of this, some kind of a, a, a glare or something that indicates a rivalry or something to to at least make it not so it didn't it just it didn't feel organic to me it felt very
0: pushed yeah it's like i mm-hmm. cuz i like the idea of like setting him up as a real good guy and then the, i was imagining the second film mm-hmm. was going to you were going to see kind of like the fall of of Mordo. and yeah. you kind of see what takes him from Which should be being cool. strange's buddy to all of a sudden you know having this falling out whether it be with strange or just with the the philosophy of that side of the things yeah. and turning to more of a for what, like, evil or whatever his, he has his own reasons that kind of differ from Stephen Strange and that kind of philosophy from the ancient one. Yeah. And I was like, that'd be cool to see a whole film that kind of, you see that you track his fall.
1: Yeah, I th- and I would, I think I'd be more inclined to follow that. I think it'd be cool. And then you get to have, like, their best friend's montage at the beginning. Like, yeah. Like, well, I thought that was going to be cool. And there, then to see
0: friend. it. I just, like, at the end for him, I know she tries to set up, like, uh, Mortal sees it in such black and white, you've got to be able – but you need him to be able to, for, you know, defeat uh, Dormammu. Oh, right. I like, mm-hmm. For him, I, I agree with you. That that just seemed, like, so, like, oh, now everything's a lie, and I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I can't be part of this anymore.
1: Right. Well, What did you think of Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange?
0: Uh, I liked him. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm already, like, a sucker for him from Sherlock. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I was already a sucker for him for that. So to see him as Stephen Strange – I was totally cool with that. Good.
1: I thought he was wonderful. I thought he was a really great Doctor Strange, like just super eloquent, and even his physique and everything was kind of perfect for the mm. character. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. How I'm about sure. the cape? Did you like the cape in the film, the way it was depicted? Yeah,
0: very different than the comics, where this is very much sort of like Aladdin's uh, carpet from the animated film, uh-huh. where it has a kind of a, a mind like and an a personality an of its own. Yeah. Yeah. And so seeing that was, was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some, there were definitely humorous moments to be mined from him trying to kind of work with uh, this cape who maybe has some uh, different ideas of what yeah. should be happening at some times.
1: Yeah. I thought it was really cool. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. Would you, before you, you kind of move on and uh, chat about the comics a little bit more, would you recommend this film?
0: I mean, I would. It's just, I, I feel like, you know, uh, it's if you look at the TV shows, whether mm-hmm. it be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Flash, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Green Arrow, Supergirl. You have a chance in 22 episodes to tell a whole story. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can set up a bad guy. Maybe that's a big bad of your season. Maybe you're doing smaller big bads leading up to something big. But yeah, but you've got like some kind of big thing at the end of the season. You kind of finish your story and then maybe have a cliffhanger, maybe just kind of do a conclusion and you pick up with another villain or another storyline the next season. Mm -hmm. And that's in in 22 episodes. Yeah. One season. uh, Nine months out of the year, year. Right. And for this, like, this is just one more small piece in the Marvel puzzle, which. Certainly is ambitious, and probably has never been done on this. It has never been done on this scale, mm-hmm. and for them to stick the landing is going to be really impressive. But by the other side of me, I'm like, man, by the time this is all done, it's going to be ten years, ten years of this, because Iron Man came out in 2008, and Avengers: Infinity War Part One happens in 2018. Yeah. So yeah. we're just like seeing these small little drabs that's going to get us. Like we all know what the end thing is, and yet it's still, it's still two years away now. Yeah. That we're still going to get to it. So, part of me is like. Part of me, while I enjoy seeing all the pieces come together, I'm also like, like, man, can we just do something else that doesn't lead into this? Like, either get to it already so we can move on to what's next? Past <laughs> Thanos. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. I want to see that. So That's... I'm torn. I enjoy it, but I'm also frustrated by it at the same time.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I'm kind of, um, I don't know if I'm like the exact same as you or I'm the complete opposite. And that I don't really give a shit about the big, like, the movies where it's like everybody. Those are always the worst ones for me. Mm -hmm. like those are always it's like well now we're gonna have the whole 15 person team it's like great it doesn't play in two hours you don't give you don't get to give everybody their their due in that amount of time so the goal is for me it's like if it's done to have it done so well you just go and you have a good time watching you can see their banter you get to see that a little bit But I feel like it's almost more of a tease because you don't get to really explore anybody's contribution, their their real characters. And like to get anything out of them, you have to see their their individual film. I would be happy. I would see another doctor. Like if they made a a sequel to this Doctor Strange film with the same cast came out tomorrow, I'd see it. Yeah, I'd see it. And I'd really enjoy it. But am I like, oh, man, I can't wait till Doctor Strange works with, you know, the Avengers to take down. Like, no, I don't give a shit i'd rather just watch him you know i really would i'd really rather just watch him i'd rather watch just iron man than like iron man plus eight like i just don't those films are i feel like they're more frustrating it's like i don't feel like they're very well written and they're i think they're kind of set up to fail not financially obviously but because you can't you as a writer you, you can't give each character like they speak just in sound bites
0: so what about Captain America Civil War? Did you enjoy that? Yeah. Because that is, I mean, it's a it's a Captain America film. Yeah. It's supposed to be a sequel for his storyline. But, but I didn't think
1: it was great. I But I, I liked it. I mean, it's
0: a lot more characters than they, because if I had to choose between that and Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. I think I enjoy Winter Soldier a little bit more. me too. Smaller roster of characters to work with. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, this one, I mean, a lot of characters to juggle. Mm -hmm. I mean, you basically, I think you get to focus more, well, I thought they did a great job with Black Panther. That's a new character they established in that film, and I still thought, yeah, a smaller new character still had a really good story arc that made me curious to get excited for Mm -hmm. his next film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought that was an example of, you can have all these characters and still still tell stories. Kind of give arts. them their due, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But I think that once you get up past a certain number, it's like, oh, like, I just don't care. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it's just, you know, and I feel like it's it's like that in the comic books too, but I think in the comic books, they almost do a better job of just maintaining like a main one or two, and the other guys are just coming in as like colorful commentary. Like House of M, it's like, get out of here, Spider-Man. What are you even doing? Like, yeah, You just come, cool, like man. drop in and like say a dumb thing, and then like, <laughs> and like go away.
0: Because I can see why, here. why Infinity War is going to be two films mm-hmm. uh, because you, there's so much to cover and so many characters to juggle that I can see like, all right, we got a lot to, a lot to tell about everybody. Yeah. Since this is the culmination of 10 years of films mm-hmm. that we need to have two films to tell it all in.
1: Yeah. Um, tying that into the comic books. So I recognized, I was like, oh, and Rachel McAdams' character, is she night nurse?
0: No. She's not oh, night nurse.
1: I thought she just like became night nurse.
0: No, in for me fact, that would
1: have been such a great tie-in.
0: I think if you're looking for night nurse, you're gonna be looking at Rosario Dawson's character in the Marvel, the Netflix Marvel TV shows. Oh, she's okay. kind of being set up to become night nurse. All right. So she's dealing with those street level heroes. would have been like
1: a cool fit though. Kind of like if she, you know, like she's dealing with Strange, and that's like that's her into the. She's like, what the hell
0: yeah. is
1: going on? But she kind of gets used to that, and then because. You know, I thought for sure because they kept bringing people in. <laughs> to uh, he he came in what twice with different people, and then he's like, "Well, this is kind of what I'm going." And she was like, "All right, this is crazy," but she like rolled with it. And then she's good at her job, and she's an ER, you know, ER yeah. doctor. I was like, "Oh!" And I remembered the um, the oath. Yes. And I was like, "She's going to be night nurse. So <laughs> they're just going about it in a different way." And I thought it was really cool. Well, never mind.
0: Well, the one thing—it's just to touch on the movie briefly. Like you say, she kind of rolled with it. What I do like is that this is uh, where the Marvel Universe has expanded to the world where it's like I'm glad that they're having people roll with it a little more easily, as mm-hmm. opposed to like spending a lot of them like I don't believe you. What you're crazy. right—that's
1: pretty fun. Because, you have a suit. Yeah. that flies. Because this is and happening you're a in a millionaire. world yeah. Yeah. where we've already <laughs> seen
0: an alien invasion attack New yeah. York, you've already seen these incredible things. So it's
1: like skip, skip right to they it. changed their reality
0: a little yes. bit. Yes. Yeah.
1: That's you're right. That's that's cool. You're
0: right so uh we're talking about the oath yeah let's, Lynch, let's let's I, oh a the what a great segue thank you oh, Brian thank K. Vaughn, Marcus Martin Marcus Martin mm-hmm. uh mini series from Marvel Comics that came out I uh, fantastic what did you I know you're a Brian K Vaughn fan I am Brian you Vaughn love fan. him you would I want him do. to uh, be, uh you know end his marriage become available for well, you and you, you leave that. Mike I mean, I've
1: heard that his I mean I've heard that his wife is lovely so I yes. wouldn't want that for him but um, I've got a big, uh, talent crush on his, on his work. Yeah, I think he's really great. Um, yeah, I thought this was really, I mean, it has, for me, it's, one of the reasons I like his writing so much is that his dialogue, I think his dialogue's really great, right? Like, I think that he, um, does a good job with taking these, you know, remarkable, extraordinary circumstances and making them relatable through dialogue and even funny sometimes when you wouldn't expect them to be funny. Uh, and I thought that was true with this also. Um, I thought the art was good. I thought it was, you know, fitting and, uh, yeah, I, I really liked the oath and I feel bad cause I think I mentioned this last time I my my friend, Matt, um, Peters has been pushing, <laughs> he gave me this book like, Months ago, like when we first started, maybe when we first started the podcast,
0: and I remember you coming in here sometimes holding that book. Yeah, too. and
1: I had it too. And I like it, but it was cool to go back and revisit it. And, um, uh, yeah, I think this was a really great, um, I, I, I think it's really great. It's five parts, yeah.
0: And and I've forgotten when I went through back and <laughs> read this, like open it up, like, oh, hey, Iron Fist is in this too. All oh, yeah. right, yeah. which I You're love like, party on, on Iron Wayne <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um,
0: Because wait till till Iron Fist comes out on Netflix. Man, I am going to get super nerdy. I didn't know that
1: that Iron Fist was coming out on Netflix. That
0: is the next one in in their series to kind of build up to The Defenders. Oh. Hmm. So it'll be... When is that coming out? uh, I don't know. It's coming out, uh, I imagine, probably March of 2017.
1: Well, then I guess I know what we're reading disgusting
0: that's movie, right February oh, 2017 man. I cannot wait <laughs> I'm gonna tell you because I, I'm sure by before the end of the year Marvel's gonna do one of those buy one get one free deals on their digital site mm-hmm. so they have a big epic collection of all of Iron Fist's appearances uh, back in the uh, bronze age of Marvel mm-hmm. with his original series his origin and all that stuff uh they do a buy one get one. I'll I'll suggest two things for you to get so okay. that you know so you're only buying one for the price of two. Oh my gosh! Oh, what a gonna, bargain! You're gonna have like 600 pages of story <laughs> to read about Iron Fist and, and Luke Cage and Power Man and you know, Luke Cage and Iron Fist.
1: What do you now? What do you love about Iron Fist
0: so much? I mean, he he can make his f- fist unto a thing of iron. Come on, okay. who doesn't love that's a guy like that? That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. That The whole reason you <laughs> well, love him. Plus, I mean, if you love uh, martial arts <laughs> films and stuff like that, yeah. just seeing, seeing a dude with not only can he do martial arts, but then he can make his fist like super hard and punch really hard. Come <laughs> that's on, that's so awesome. That's funny. <laughs> and he's got, you yeah, know, I am a sucker. And that's probably also why I love Doctor Strange. She was, well, one, because it's mysticism. But, like they've got cool uh, neck accessories.
1: Yeah, so. you do love a good neck accessory. I'm surprised you don't wear more chains.
0: Yeah, well, I don't want I don't care about it low hanging. I like it because it's like sticking up nice and pointy. Okay. I mean, I want that cool Doctor Strange cape. I yeah, want that iron cool fist like cool pointy things around your neck sticking I was, up.
1: I was watching the film just like staring at his costume because there's beautiful, just beautiful costumes in that mm-hmm. movie. I was like looking at all of them trying to figure out how hard and expensive they would be to make to do like a proper cosplay. Answer is very because they're all like quilted. and If you do them right, if you yeah. do them really right, um, but uh,
0: well, Amanda's so. going to start working on this now. She'll be keeping a running tally, and for Comic Con next year, when she debuts that costume, she'll give us the grand total. Oh my gosh, what a costume! It cost costs me
1: like four grand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you that want to get a chance of what it feels like to wear Doctor Strange's, you know, his his cloak, mm-hmm. you uh, can also go on to Loot Gear. They're doing a new Marvel's hero Marvel Hero box for Luke, Crate oh, like every two months cool. it's 40 bucks per box but they come with a bunch of different things it, you know as always Luke Crate has like it's mystery items but mm-hmm. they did announce uh, this first theme is all mystic and they did show you what one of the things that you'd get inside there and it's a robe based on Doctor Strange's cape
1: that's pretty cool.
0: And so it's, but this is like not from the film. This is the old school comics one. So it's got the high pointy thing That's around your neck. That's
1: cool. You 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 already ordered it.
0: Uh, we wear the it cut to off our date, next. Cut off date is November fifteenth. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna place my order right on November fifteenth and get it. And okay. as soon as it comes in, maybe I'll wear it for the. For you the should.
1: Cast. You should wear it. We'll get a photo.
0: It'll be so great. <laughs> I look like so is so it
1: look like this? Like the like this one, the Brian Caveon. Yes, but one? it's a
0: robe. So uh, it'll have arm sleeves and stuff like that. But it's got the super high it's cowl. That's cool. I, or a, a, a headpiece. I
1: love that it's accented. My favorite thing is it's accented with cheetah. It's yes. Like, it's like bright red and leopard print. He looks like, and he. I mean, he does. Well, the fur i I'm telling you, when you read House of M, I'm like, who is this drag queen? Like he you know, like who is this who is this guy? Because his he's so like bright and colorful. But I loved, um I don't wanna I don't wanna skip around too much, but I know we've also got like a lot of ground to cover. I loved seeing in um Triumph and Torment yes. all of the mystics together and yeah. seeing them kind of like all represent from like all different areas of the world and like all of their different garb. That's pretty cool.
0: And admittedly, for I love this uh, that, that story because you don't see a lot of those mystical characters really come back at all. Mm-hmm. They are kind of just created for that storyline. But it was kind of give you a bigger sense of what the mystical landscape of the Marvel Universe looked like at that time. I right. I thought that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I thought so too.
0: Um, and uh, speaking of art, I also love the art in Triumph and Torment as well. It's Mike Bignola who went on to create Hellboy.
1: Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He... This is some of his
0: earlier work. And I love – Mike Mignola, when he was doing Hellboy, his he's, his style has grown and evolved so much that it became very blocky, very much like spotting blacks.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and it's it. I still love his work, but there's something about like this earlier period of, of his style that just speaks to me. I just when I think of Mike Manola and, and what I love about him, uh-huh. I think of like Triumph and Torment, and I also think of a, a DC a limited series he did called Cosmic Odyssey. Okay, that just. Ugh that's the stuff that I really love. So going back to read this again, I was like, oh, this is and just so it. they're
1: really beautiful. The colors are really beautiful. Um and did he and so he did the he did the art on both. Both Triumph Triumph yeah. and Torment.
0: Triumph and Torment. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's uh and this... so for anybody
1: who doesn't know, so Triumph and Torment, the way that it's is um collected is interesting. It's two stories uh that are they're but they're collected in one like it, you think it's just going to be like one book, like a regular Um, I would say trade paperback, except mine's on, you know, mine's on the iPad. But, like, you would think, when I picked it up, I was like, oh, Triumph and Torment is just the name of it. And it's, like, you know, probably, like, a dozen issues or whatever. And it's not. It's two completely different, um, but related Stories
0: and I feel like Marvel and even DC to a lesser extent will do that with some of their stories, mm-hmm. where they'll give you like the main collection, which is like a new story, and then they'll do a, a reprint of an older story that kind of will add some context or deeper understanding about the main story. Okay. So uh, Marvel was doing a, uh, an initiative for a while they're doing these season ones, mm-hmm. which are like all new uh, updated origins of all the Marvel heroes, and so you'd get that they they like. I think they're about 90 pages or so. So you get 90 pages of original graphic novel. And then tacked down to the back would be one of the, like a, like an old school story. So you kind of see like the, the actual origins. So like with Doctor Strange, he'll show you like an old school Doctor Strange origin from Strange Tales. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, so I see where how his origin was in the 60s and I see how it is now.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the art in this is pretty cool. It feels very throwback to me. But cause when was this first published?
0: This was uh, pu- published in 1989.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I guess it suits the time, but I I think it's um, yeah. I like it. I think it's. I uh, oh, it's is so good. It's, but yeah.
0: The other thing I enjoyed about it too is like if you read stuff back from the '80s or '90s, just the stylistic ticks of the way people. Uh, wrote dialogue and Mm -hmm. stuff like it can kind of stand out like a little clunky sometimes like oh all right very 80s or very right yeah really dated really reading this i did not get that sense of it being dated i thought it, it the dialogue and the way everything's written held up really well over time
1: yeah i agree with you i mean this is my first time writing it but um uh yeah i i thought it uh i thought it was really good i enjoyed it um
0: and the thing that's interesting about this, though, as much as I enjoy Triumph and Torment, it's a great story, and everybody really should read it. Uh, but I think if you looked at the two, it's Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom teaming <laughs> up in the story. Mm-hmm. I think it's the the person that changes and grows and has such a, a a bigger character arc is Doctor Doom. It is,
1: yeah. Which I was, And again, I was kind of surprised because I went into this one not really knowing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know much about Doctor Doom at all. So I thought it was interesting to take this guy. I mean, his name's Doctor Doom. First of all, he's not, like... Is he an actual doctor? I don't... Because I know Doctor no. Strange is a doctor. He is. Uh, I was like, I you don't, can't just tell you, call yourself Doctor Doom. He had another... He had like a normal name. Yeah, And Victor then he's Von like, Doom. Victor Von Doom. And he just was like, no, I'm I'm a learned Doctor of Doom now. Yeah, I, I was like, that's he, cheating. You can't just do that. You'd be like, Mr. Doom.
0: Yeah, you have to at least be like a PhD in yeah, something to on, consider some yourself yeah. a doctor. Yeah, I don't think he has a PhD in anything.
1: No, I don't think so either. But uh, Victor Von Doom is... I mean, they didn't give that kid a chance, did they?
0: No, uh, you, when you have Von Doom, kind of yeah. your name, you know, like it's not gonna be like super, like superhero dude. You need to make yourself like guy.
1: Gabriel Von Doom or something like really pleasant. <laughs> Frank Von Doom. Frank Von Doom sounds like a pretty good
0: superhero name, actually. All right, guys, I'm legally changing my last name. I <laughs> because uh, uh, certainly, uh, and, and in the second part, they they put an old uh, story of uh, Doctor Doom in there to kind of show you, like, hey. Because the gist of it is that uh, every year Doctor Strange tries to reclaim his mother's soul from Mephisto, who is the devil of the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. uh, and free it. And so he and when this story was released in 1989, this that idea had been in comic books being told for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So uh, they published an old story so you can kind of get a little bit more context to how long Doctor Doom has been doing this. Mm-hmm. But what I loved about this story is that it gave like a it, it it ended a major story point of a character. It mm-hmm. kind of gave you an end to that story. It wasn't something that was going to be dragged out forever. Right. You got to see a change in a character's status quo, and it's a it's a minor part of Doctor Doom's story, but still, I thought it was it was cool to see something come to a conclusion, mm-hmm. which you rarely get to see in comic books.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I thought it, I thought it was um, oh, I just thought it was interesting. I liked seeing that. Uh, I didn't. I would be lying if I said I understood exactly what happened in in a. Are they, they triumph and torment? Yeah, but well, yeah, but one triumph and one torment?
0: It's all triumph that, and torment. Yeah, it's all one thing. And then the, the second story is just just an additional tale that's added to the back of the Toy Story. Okay,
1: okay, yes that's confusing. But the the first the, the one that um, like with Doom's mom, where they like basically go and fight mm-hmm. the devil, and then, the, then like Doctor Strange tricks him.
0: Yeah, hey, I mean, that's what you, those are the stories where somebody gets to outsmart the devil at his own game. Yeah,
1: but I don't know that I understood exactly what happened though.
0: So they she.
1: They outsmarted the devil and they also outsmarted me because okay. as a reader, I was like, I don't know if I know exactly. Like, it's, she. he freed her soul because she was like, I'm so disappointed in you.
0: She, because when she had the chance to go with Dr. Doom, when Mephisto said, all right, you can take her, she's mm-hmm. good to go. And she found out what Dr. Doom had done to, uh, to get her to out. To free her. So she said, no, I will accept my punishment and my eternal damnation uh, because I can't have somebody else go in my place. So she refused that. And by doing that, that became such a, uh, a, a selfless act that it, it cleansed her soul, in a sense, and kind of uh, allowed her to be able to uh, escape hell and move oh, okay. on to uh, heaven, so to speak. All right. And so Mephisto uh, knew that if that was the case, that he, that's why he uh, put her in that kind of like... Like a cre- yeah, they create they created like out of stone statue that took the semblance of life because that would also contain her soul. So, yeah. uh, okay. but, but oh, once right. it was broken, she yeah. escaped, okay. and okay. Doctor Strange was able to send her to heaven. Okay. But what I like that is like Doctor Doom realized like yeah, I'd have to I have to play multiple levels on this game. Mm-hmm. So, I get to look like I'm betraying Doctor Strange so that it makes my mom mad enough that she will not accept this easy ticket out of hell and she'll right. stay here. But that, by her staying, that that also creates the way that she can ultimately leave. Okay. So look at it. That seems yeah. like kind of a
1: stretch, but I get it. Not well that he'd like know all of that, and because nothing was set up with like, but only with, only with a selfless act can one. You know, I don't know.
0: But come on, he's one of the he's one of the smartest. He's right up there with Reed Richards, one of the smartest men in the Marvel universe. But mm-hmm. he uses it for bad things, except to save his mom, and that's except a good say thing.
1: Heart of Goldwyn. it comes to your mom. Um. And he okay, and is he actually like there? I remember them being all surprised when they go to meet him in Doom. Where does he live? It's called Latveria. Latveria, okay. Yes, but isn't it a town like Doom something like?
0: Something? Oh, uh, 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 Doomstadt was that? Was Doomstat? that Doomstadt? Yeah,
1: yes. I, I loved that. I love this like actually called Doomstat. the country is
0: called Latveria, so that could be the Doomstadt inside. Yes, Latveria. yes,
1: but they trade him like a like a fair and right. Leader, is he or is he like making them do that so he looks good?
0: That's always the question, I think, with Doom. It's like how much of it is for show and how much of not because he is, I mean, ultimately a monarch. Mm -hmm. Uh, so does he kind of rule? Does he try to make this great, fantastic nation? Uh, and and, but to the outside world, he's this evil villain, Mm -hmm. but everybody within him loves him, or does he just the way he treats the outside world is also the way that he treats the people? But he puts on a face anytime somebody comes to make it look like, no, Dr. Doom's great, man. The people love me, see, I'm Mm -hmm. awesome. I guess. So I, I, I don't it, know what how is real. What we is
1: as the American people can relate to that at all
0: right now. Tough to, tough to I don't understand. So, so if any foreign dignitaries come to America, mm-hmm. we're going to have people in the streets handing him flowers. Yeah. Donald Trump saying, thank you so much. You're the best. <laughs> uh, uh, her. so no i know, politics um without reservation i know you're re- uh you're recommending dr strange's the oath yeah
1: yeah so thank you thanks matt for for getting i still have your copy by the way um what but a great friend. Nah, no, i'm terrible uh we've already learned in this podcast i'm a terrible friend for not for many reasons but mm. um yeah, I uh, I think it's I, I think it's really good. What do you think of the story of The Oath? Do you you like the story? Like, I know that, I mean, everybody knows now that, like, I love Brian Gavon. And there will be a time when I'm like, you know what? I didn't like this. And everybody's going to be like, ugh. But in the meantime, like, I still think he does, I think he did a good job with his character. Do you like the story? Would you I recommend do. the book?
0: I do. And, I mean, I, I love it. And I feel like the struggle with Dr. Strange a lot is that he is a very popular character to... Creators, mm-hmm. writers, and artists—they love just the—they—they they want every. I think every writer, it's been said, like has one great Doctor Strange story.
1: Oh, really? That's yes. interesting because I love him. I think he's really great now. Like having. Yeah. Like how far I've come, because I used to be like, "Who? I had no idea." I was Like this guy's weird. He just <laughs> he shows up when things are going badly and like floats away. Like, what's his deal?
0: He's master of mystic arts. Yeah, I think he's the sorcerer problem, supreme. Though, uh, he's never been able to carry a series for very long on his own. He's had a, a many tries, many reboots of his series to kind of like, "Hey, it's another Doctor Strange title. It's another Doctor Strange," and for most part, they don't last very long. They end up getting canceled, mm-hmm. and so it kind of says like, "Hey, is he a character that works?" G-? There are some characters I feel like that were great as a solo character, like Spider Man, mm-hmm. great. Captain America, they do great. They do great individually. They also do great as part of a team. You want to see Captain America on the Avengers? That is also awesome, as too. Spider-Man, cool in the Avengers too, but also, I mean, predominantly known as a solo character. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, they've tried him in, in team books like with the Defenders and the Avengers, and they've tried him individually as well. You know, it's just I feel like he doesn't. I, I sometimes wonder if Doctor Strange is good enough to carry his own title, or he works better as part of a larger ensemble. Hmm. Like, would it do better, instead of having ongoing series, that it it's just a series of mini-series? So you can have somebody like Brian K. Vaughn. Everybody gets to come, every creator gets to come in and tell their favorite, their one Doctor Strange I story. Mean, I mean, I would tell.
1: read that. I think that would be awesome. But I don't know, because I, I, I don't know, as of now, I'm like, yeah, I would keep reading his, you know, like, I would keep reading his story. Like, it's, you know, kept yeah. going, I would keep reading him. Because no. there are Are there any active Active Doctor Strange stories right there
0: is now. This one, It'd be curious. And in fact, they're doing a big sale in Comicsology right now. The first eleven issues. Uh, I think they're at issue fourteen right now. I think, but the first eleven issues are out on Comicsology for ninety nine cents apiece. Hmm. Uh, and uh, oh, the first eleven issues and uh, the first annual. So okay. if you want to go in, it's, b- it's being written by Jason Aaron and Chris Bachalo does uh, the majority of the art on there. Or Bachalo, however you pronounce his last name. Uh, and Jason Aaron, uh, he writes Southern Bastards. He wrote Scout oh, back yeah, in the yeah. day. Oh uh, He also revitalized. He did a, another crack at Thor before he did Doctor Strange. So, uh, it's and his Thor is great. So, and i I picked up all the issues on comiXology to go and do de- a deep dive on his uh, approach to Doctor Strange. So, given how much I enjoy what he's done with Thor, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what he's going to do with Doctor Strange. Cool. So he, so he does have a current series ongoing right now. And because I also feel like it's tough to do a series of Doctor Strange where every creator gets to come in and tell their best Doctor Strange story, because then it becomes like an anthology. And anthologies, for some reason, just don't seem to do very well.
1: Oh, really? See, I would love that. I, but I kind of love that like feeling. Well, <laughs> I'm like a 12 year old boy. I'm like, I love that feeling of completion. <laughs> but I, I do. But I, I, I. I, I like being able to read a whole story. That's why I love r- buying out a series. Like when I you know if I'm if I've read a, something and I'm like, this is really great and I'm like, oh man, I can read the whole it's done. There's like, you know it's it was like five years and it's finished. I love that because I was like, "Oh, I know that it's going to have a resolution." Yeah, you know, I, I love that. So. Well,
0: the Comixology sale—if uh, by the time that you, the listeners get a listen to the podcast, that sale will be over. So mm-hmm. this message is only to Amanda Barnes. Okay, great. The only one that can actually do anything about it in time. Uh, it ends tomorrow on uh, November tenth, I believe. So okay. tomorrow night.
1: So, all right, get it, get it all.
0: So good. get, so get on there tonight. Get that comicsology. So You get for 11 bucks. You get 11 issues of Doctor Strange. Okay, not a bad deal.
1: Not a bad deal. Are you? You're, this is like the third thing you've pitched tonight. Like, you're like an, you like and somebody hire Frank to do all the commercials. for I'm right thing. here for you folks. He's I'm right here, for here. You.
0: I'm here for your comic reading pleasure.
1: <laughs> well, I feel like maybe. Uh, well we decided on on this series together for do you feel like we've got a, a had a good discussion about Dr. Strange? Yeah, right I know there?
0: it's getting about that time. That yeah, it's getting about that time,
1: down. I know. Um, what do you want to talk about next time?
0: Ooh, I mean I know we've got uh, we just wrapped up with Dr. Strange. We've talked that uh, I you don't watch any of the DC TV shows, do you? I don't, but tomorrow. I can. I don't want to make you have to watch any shows. Well, if,
1: if they're good, I'll, I'll watch them. They're on the list. It's just a matter of, like, right now I'm watching Westworld. Mm. And I'm watching, uh, I feel like I'm watching a lot. I'm catching up on Masters of Sex. And, I'm, like, there's a bunch of stuff I'm watching right now.
0: I got you. I, uh, well, you know what? Uh, we've got Walking a... Walking Dead. Uh, well, we've been talking about a Marvel film. Should we uh, we'll talk a Marvel title? Do, mm-hmm. uh, do we talk about, like, a, a DC title? I
1: sure. Think? Let's do it.
0: Uh, we should do one of the... Ooh, um... Oh hey. Oh hey Why buddy. Because you know they how about because they just did the uh the 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 awesome wonder woman trailer. Uh-huh. It's been kind of buzzing about there which looks really cool. The
1: trailer looks awesome. The uh, second one looks good too. Yeah,
0: the, the second one uh the one thing I just briefly I just love that one shot of uh Steve Trevor's plane crashing like in the mm-hmm. distance in the ocean where mm-hmm. she's standing on the cliffside watching it. Mm-hmm. That's such a great way to frame that shot.
1: I really want it to be like the trailer. Cuz yeah. the last DC film that I saw I was very upset because it didn't match the trailer.
0: Mm. What if we do a little uh, read-through of Wonder Woman Rebirth for uh, DC? Okay, cool. Does that sound intriguing to you? Uh, Greg Rucka doing the writing for that?
1: Yeah. Did we not already do Wonder Woman Rebirth? Did we?
0: (laughs) No, because I feel like we may have talked about it briefly. We did
1: Wonder Woman Year One.
0: Yes, we did Wonder Woman Year One. Kind of going back to our very first... Uh, podcast here, the Novice and the Frank, but uh-huh. now we can do Wonder Woman, re, uh, the Rebirth, okay. which is—it's cool. Greg Ruck is writing it, and he I alternates. I like uh, It alternates between uh, present day and yeah, flashback stories. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you're getting a retelling of Wonder Woman's origin. That's it be, what it is. I read like uh, the even zero issues? issue of that. I read yes. the
1: Rebirth issue of Wonder Woman Rebirth. Yeah. Cool. So do we want to just like read what's out there so yeah, far? Yeah, I think
0: they're up to issue. I think just issue nine came out today.
1: Okay. Cool. Including the Rebirth issue.
0: Um, yeah, why don't we do it? that would be All nice because right. I've uh, I've been picking up, but I'm like four or five issues behind. So it'd be great to give me a reason to crack down and finish up on those.
1: Great, I'll be interested in seeing. Any yes, we are more time
0: because we're tying into that one woman oh, trailer. That's we're on the, our, we're a podcast that's so on the zeitgeist. So remember? <laughs> cool. Uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, Amanda Burns, if people want to get in touch with us and recommend something for us to read mm-hmm. uh, or share their thoughts about what we talked about this episode. Where can they find us?
1: Uh, they can find us. Uh, they can email us at uh, the novice and frank at gmail.com. They can tweet to us using the hashtag uh, novice and frank. Um, they can find me at comic book novice on um, Instagram, pretty active on Instagram and Twitter. Where can they find you?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at happygojackie and then just you know, just take a look behind you. I'm always creeping around. Somewhere. Yeah, he's, <laughs> that's terrible. He's like a friendly, friendly creeper.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and thank you so much again we mentioned uh, the uh, Nervous School Network thank you for uh, for welcoming us in with open arms we appreciate it thank you as always to Trevor our um, amazing and very patient uh, audio engineer back there check out his podcast Podcast of Two Worlds about The Flash
0: yes pretty sweet how can you go wrong about that yeah. Trevor what's gonna be on the latest episode of Podcast of Two Worlds uh, Wally's gonna be going crazy uh-huh. ooh
1: Wally's going crazy uh,
0: yeah that's the next episode because the election preempted new episode ah alright perfect well, all going in. crazy look perfect at that perfect tie in. even more uh, bullshit Tuesday uh, <laughs> <I don't
1: know. laughs> Yui. thank you for Grant thanks, thanks Grant Morrison for giving us a, a jumping off point for this podcast
0: yeah thanks for not signing personalizing <laughs> my magazine Grant
1: and he will walk out Frank will get a hug uh, thank you everybody so much for listening and uh, I guess we'll play ourselves out
0: yeah let's do it right there you go take it away Amanda Barnes
1: the magic cape and a pendant
0: around his neck. He's got a sling ring to ride, and he don't care. Uh, <laughs> I
1: can't even follow that up with anything. Doctor Strange featured tonight on The Novice and, and Frank. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> a sling ring to ride. I'll keep it. Yay! Yay. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ha, <laughs> ha,